Hello again and welcome everybody to another episode of the Feasible Film Podcast. This is April 19th, 2016 and we have arrived at episode 10. You know, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'm Chris Martin. Um, today on the docket, uh, we're going to be reviewing the thriller horror film uh, The Invitation, uh, Monuments Men from about two years ago, and Maggie from last year, which is another like zombie horror film. Um, and also in the news, uh, we'll be talking uh, new Avatar movies, uh, the new Godzilla trailer, and uh, a litany of other Marvel trailers that have come out, you know, just uh, teaser trailers and whatnot, and, you know, news here and there. Um, but let's go ahead and get into um, some news here. Um, so, like I mentioned a second ago, uh, James Cameron just uh, hit, a, hit a big news story the other day when he came out and said that he's adding yet another Avatar movie to the docket, and... It's kind of strange to think that um, it's been so long since there's been an Avatar movie. I know it, you know, at the time it broke his record of Titanic and made, you know, just tons and tons of money. But that was around the time, you know, when 3D was coming out. And it was one of the very first movies that was filmed in 3D, you know, and he pretty much, you know, uh, created the rig that is now used and is kind of the standard when you want to do, you know, when you want to film in 3D and not go do it in post. So. Um, you know, you had that going for him. And I know he said that he wanted to take some time off and do his uh, deep sea um, uh, where he goes down the Marianas Trench and do, uh, you know, and film the bottom of the sea there of the ocean. And, uh, you know, and he took some time doing that. And he also said that he wanted to, I guess, give it some time to give the movie some time to breathe, maybe come up with a little bit better technology. So, you know, when Avatar 2 comes out, it'll look even better. And so, you know, those have been pushed back over the past, you know, couple of years. Um, but it seems like he's just, you know, stacking his chips against himself, uh, announcing another film. And I'm all for it, you know. I, you know, I love the universe. You know, I think it'll be interesting to, to, del- to dive back into it. You know, but announcing so many movies ahead of time could be a burden. Um, you know, who knows if they can actually get it all done. You know, I mean, they'll, you know, the studios will definitely be behind them 100%, you know, based on how much money these make. Um, but, you know, the, the next one really has to do, uh, you know, has to be really, really good. And, you know, he's just saying that, you know, Cameron's saying that, he, uh, you know, he's been giving us time to help out with, like, the screenwriters and the designers and, you know, with have better environments and things like that moving forward so the movies are the best that they can be. So, so right now, <laughs> right now, Avatar 2 is going to come out um, around – Christmas of 2018, then he wants, um, you know, Christmas 2020, 2022, and 2023. So we have a lot of Avatar to look forward to, I guess, over the next couple of years. Whether or not, you know, these will be pushed back or moved or cut and paste and added to certain other dates, you know, that the studio might need, who knows. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of, like I was saying, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, just the, the updates and, you know, I would have never thought he'd be throwing on another movie. You know, um, they must have a lot of material to get through um, with this world. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, when it was all said and done, we might have uh, like eight hours worth of Avatar movies so, or, or longer when the director's cuts come out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, but I'm pretty excited about that. And 
The uh, next thing that uh, hit the web that a lot of people were kind of upset about, and it's already been pretty much uh, resolved now, but it's something interesting I thought, you know, just to give my two cents on. But AMC, last week AMC came out saying that they wanted to allow texting in theaters to kind of keep the movie interest movie um, theaters in business, you know, maybe allowing, uh, I think they gave like a an age range between like 18 and 30 to like, you know, nowadays they're always on their phone, they're always texting, they're always wanting to like, you know, fulfill updates and things like that. And so they wanted to come out with, you know, certain screenings where you could sit there and you could text. And they said that um, they actually thought or they're thinking that um, that it adds to the movie, you know. And my personal preference is I just, I just do not like it. It's just – it's annoying um, when you're sitting there trying to enjoy a movie and, you know, somebody gets out their phone and talks on the phone or is texting. It just completely takes you out of the movie, you know. And I understand if there's something emergency, you know, um, you know, if somebody you can usually tell if there's like an emergency call come in, if the call keeps coming in and in, in, or whatever you can, you know, and I'm I, I check mine, too, but I keep it in my pocket and you just kind of glance real quick, you know, and if it's not something that important, I mean, you can wait, you know, but nowadays it just seems like there's this thing in society where like if you don't answer back within like 30 seconds, you know, you're just ignoring them. And, you know, they'll just move on to somebody else or you're going to miss out on something. So and I don't understand, um, you know, the texting free and friendly theaters because you're, you're going to have to choose the movies that you put those in because you're not going to want to do. I mean, with a Predator movie coming out, why would you want or say the next Predator movie comes out? You're not going to want a texting screen in there. You know, I mean. I can see maybe for um, like Star Wars or something that that would actually help bring in people to the theater. But so anyway, so all this hit the web um, and then there was just a huge backlash of people just saying, you know, they don't, you know, they, of course, obviously they don't like seeing screens lit up. They don't like seeing, you know, other things going on when they're trying to watch a movie and listen to it and stay engaged. And that's the whole reason you go to the theater. I mean, otherwise you could just, stay at home and watch Netflix, you know, if you want to do that. So, you know, they, they've since come back and said, you know, they're going to back down from it. But you have to you have to kind of think that were they doing this just to put out the feelers there, you know, otherwise they would just do it. You know, they would just say, OK, we're, we're going to come out with a theater and we're going to stand behind it. Why would you just throw this information out into the air just to see what happens? It's kind of like it's kind of like when a movie or like a video game or something like leaks quote unquote leaks information out, you know, like a, like a screenshot or, you know, something like, like a game or a movie you didn't even know was coming out or some, some bit of information, you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a conspiracy theory, but I always see those as they're just trying to test the waters because a lot of these, a lot of these movies or games or whatever it may be, they don't usually come out for like years down the road. So and to to get it out that way, you'd have to have like a disgruntled employee or something like that. And these people do sign confidentiality agreements, you know, when they're hired. So, I mean, they could hand off the information to somebody else to to leak it. But, you know, I think it's calculated. I think they send these things out there just to see how people react. So they don't have to act on anything. It's the same thing with like how a plot's progressing or kind of like the um, – how uh, they're giving David Ayer time to go back and refilm 
uh, Batman, you know, it's the, or I'm sorry, Suicide Squad. You know, it, it, it seems kind of fishy to me that after such negative reactions to Batman, I mean, Batman versus Superman, that they would allow, uh, you know, them to go back and shoot better or supposedly, you know, more friendly scenes, more comedic scenes and things like that when they've said in the past that they were going to back down from that. So, you know, it just, I think it's just thrown out there for feelers just to see what people think. And they don't have to spend any money on it. It's just a, it's just a statement from the CEO. These things are calculated. The, I mean, this guy's not just getting on, you know, he's not just getting on social media and just throwing this out there. You know, it's, it's, it's calculated. They have a meeting about this thing just to see how it goes. They can do marketing. They can do everything. They can watch what people are saying. And, you know, they're, they're trying to, especially with the new company that's going to allow, you know, theater, um, theater releases to be shown in the, in your, in your home, you know, with a, a box and, you know, like a pay-per-view price for a movie. They're really trying to figure out ways to keep people in the theaters because now with all of these other options, you know, of movies like streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and whatnot, the, uh, you know, most people are staying home. So you need these big movies like, you know, Star Wars and um, like uh, Marvel movies, things like that to keep people coming to the theater, you know, to make it a big business. And, you know, it, 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 uh, the, I, it has to me, you know. It just seems like there's so much money being made from superhero movies alone, and from marketing and things like that, that the lulls in between don't don't they just cancel each other out? I, I just I don't know like how bad the business business of theaters are failing, but um, you know them coming out with the you know they have the D box seats and the better sound and IMAX and things like that, and the prices just seem to be going up and up and up to where they're going to be the cost of a blu-ray so you're going to be saying i'm not you know i remember a time when i was like oh i'm never going to see a movie when it's ten dollars and now they're like eleven dollars twelve dollars and you know you're still kind of especially if it's a movie that you just want to take a chance on you may just wait now it may just be something that you're just like well you know it interests me but i'll just wait you know for the blu-ray i mean even if you wait you know a couple months for the blu-ray to come out it's a quicker turnaround and it'll be the same price as going and seeing it in a theater, you know. So, you know, some movies you have to see in the theater because it's a theater experience, but others you can kind of hold off to, hold off on in price. And, you know, I guess moving forward, they have to come up with some new ways to figure out how to make money. So, you know, they threw this out there just to see what people's reactions were, and of course it was negative. So, but that's that. And then something else I'm really, really, really excited for is Godzilla's back, you know the um, it's not coming out for another two years or so i believe but you know they just released a uh legendary pictures just released uh the godzilla uh trailer called uh resurgence and it looks amazing i mean just from the music um it looks like they're using you know a cross between like man in a suit and cg and it just looks you know the with the super him him you know running around town causing chaos and you know everybody running and you know it just it just feels like it, it just fits you know i mean you know the the movie that came out here the last one the godzilla movie to me when they're trying to incorporate something more um something some kind of a drama embedded in the background of a monster movie it doesn't fit really well um I mean, you can do, of course, you can do it a certain way. Like Independence Day is a perfect example. 
you know, with, you know, saving the world, starting a life, getting back together with people, helping people, you know, all those um, camaraderie with other people, you know, trusting in others, you know, get, getting out of uh, certain situations. I mean, all that works really well um, if you do it right. And I just don't think that this last Godzilla did that right. You know, it had some really awesome visuals. Um, but, you know, it all really came down to the last 10 or 15 minutes. You know, everything else was just really just filler. And the great thing about Godzilla is you know what he's doing, you know what he's capable of, and you know what, uh, you kind of know the gist of it. And just being in the world, just seeing him walk around and and interact with people, and you get to see, you know, cool special effects, and, you know, there's some tension in there, there's some comedy in there. I mean, it just has every, it has everything rolled into a, a good package, you know, to, for at least for me. You know, you just get everything. You get the comedy, you get the action, everything. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, know who Godzilla is, but haven't really gone back to watch some of the originals. And um, st speaking of the originals, the first couple were fantastic, you know, and, and I know a lot of the uh, middle, you know, like when they, when he started teaming up with like Mothra and, uh, you know, and they started doing like Mecha Godzilla, and you know, it started turning more into kind of like a um, uh, like a Power Rangers style of uh, movie. Um, it just, you know, it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, for me, I got into it a little bit later, and uh, you know, kind of went through. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen most of them, and I enjoy them for the most part. And I can see the charm and everything about it is just great. And this new movie just it just feels right, you know. I'm I'm I don't know how the uh, new American Godzilla is going to be, but the first one really rubbed me the wrong way. It didn't do much for me, but this definitely just gives me that feeling of like I'm just glad you know Godzilla's back in his natural habitat, causing havoc, and you know it just looks fun, you know. So you know we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other thing is. I guess it's nothing really, you know, there's nothing really to talk about here, but the Marvel announced that the new Spider-Man movie is going to be called Homecoming. And, you know, really the only thing we've seen so far is, you know, the new Spider-Man suit um, at the end of the uh, Avengers trailer, or the Civil War trailer. And, you know, I'm sure he'll make a small cameo and, you know, or and there'll be some Easter eggs there, here and there to kind of, showcase spider-man you know and introduce him to everybody so everybody gets excited for the next movie because it's never marvel and dc and all that it's not it's not even really what's announced now it's going to be people are going to be talking about what's next like right off the bat you know you have trailers that come out they're analyzed to to like frame by frame to see if they can find something you know that'll shed the light on what's going to happen you know in Kind of, you just you just lose track on. I mean, if you just follow the Marvel news and the Marvel hype machine, and the DC for that matter, you just get lost in what's current. You know, it's just all about the whole picture. You know, they're these com. You know, they're they're pushing this agenda that it should just be about all of these movies. When you know, I'd be happy just saying like I'm just excited for the next Avengers movie, and then after that one, you know. I'll be excited about Doctor Strange, and then after that one, I'll be excited about Black Panther. And then after that one, you know, I, I, to me, I just like doing taking it one movie at a time, and it's awesome. I mean, it's great to get excited about the next films, and 
you know, in the, in the leaked set photos and everything like that, you know, that's great. But I like to kind of just live in the now and, and, you know, when a new movie's announced just to kind of focus in on one and when, of, of, especially when it's getting closer and, you know, and just enjoy that and not really, you know, think about what's next. You know, I just want, you know, a good movie, um, you know, a good superhero movie, you know, I mean, that's really all you want, you know, and, and, you know, I talked, I remember, I think we talked about this in the last two shows, but, you know, it's all about just these setups and about the next films and where they're going, you know, it's not where they are now, it's not the self-contained movie, it's just where they're going is what the questions you want answered or what it seems like people want. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I've said this thousands of times, I just want, you know, a movie to stand on its own and just be good on its own, you know, it, and not have to connect to all these other different movies, you know, it, I, to me, I just like these self-contained films. So, but you know, they're connecting everything now, so we'll just see how it goes. Um, and now, the next movie that got me really excited, uh, trailer that hit was Doctor Strange. And you know, I don't really know much about Doctor Strange other than you know just the name. And I was uh, really excited when they announced that it was Cumberbatch that was going to be doing Doctor Strange because, you know. He just seems like, you know, I mean, especially, you know, him uh, doing the uh, Sherlock Holmes series. You know, I, I love the Sherlock Holmes series. It's like one of my favorite TV shows. And, you know, it just seems like he would fit perfectly into the role. And, you know, just judging from this trailer, it looks like it's going to be like um, visually really, really interesting. Um, it's going to have some really cool themes, I think. And, you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with a guy who, you know, gets hit by a car and wakes up and uh, starts to become like a, a sorcerer, you know, uh, that has to help out, you know, save the world from, you know, mystical threats and whatnot. So it'll be really, really interesting to see, you know, that dynamic, you know, not just, a, you know, I mean, of course he has like a suit and things like that, but it'll be neat just to see something more grounded, I guess. I mean, I know the visuals are, you know, look ridiculous and they look like, you know, mind bending and things like that. And there's something, there's some really, really, really cool, interesting ideas being thrown around in the teaser, even though I like how it just doesn't give away a lot. You know, it doesn't, it, it kind of gives you a setup if it's going to be kind of like a, a weird mind bending, Terry Gilliam trippy, uh, uh, you know, ride. So I'm excited about that, you know, other than, you know, just, you know, having the superheroes just go forward an enemy. I'm just glad to see something a little different. And, you know, I, I mean, kudos to Marvel for picking a property. I mean, there's so many properties that they could have picked from and to picking one that's, um, that's kind of out of the boxes. It's really cool. And, you know, you could say that, you know, he'll be fighting, you know, the sorcerers and the demons and things like that, you know, when they all get together for, for like, you know, the infinity wars, but, uh, you know, giving like the magic quote unquote magic aspect of it, you know? Um, but you know, it just, it just looks really, really interesting. And, you know, I'm really, really excited. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on. We've got, um, you know, three reviews. Uh, the main review being the invitation, I guess I'll stay, I'll, 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 I have a, quite a few thoughts on that one, so we'll leave that one to the end. Um, but the first one is uh, Maggie, and uh, directed by um, Henry Dobson. It came out last year. 
And, you know, um, so going into it, um, well, I guess I'll give like a little synopsis. It's basically there's a there's an epidemic that came out um, in humanity, and there's a, 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 fa- a family who lives on a farm. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the dad, and uh, uh, Abigail Breslin is the uh, daughter. And um, you know, I, I'd been I'd been hearing you know before you know the movie came out um, in theaters that you know it was his, it was Arnold's best performance, and you know he gives you know he trades in his guns for like you know emotional you know uh, backdrops and things like that. And I'll uh, definitely agree with that. You know it. Um, you know, it's about his daughter is infected. She's bitten um, by something. You don't really know, you know, you don't really get a sense of what is happening other than there's just this big epidemic and people are, you know, getting infected. But, uh, you know, she gets infected and she doesn't, um, you know, the doctor tells um, Arnold at the very beginning. There's no spoilers. This is like in the first five minutes. But, you know, he tells, the doctor tells Arnold that, you know, that, you know, it's it's bad, but he wants to, have her live her life, you know, with him on the farm and the and you know in this family and things like that. So, you know, he brings her back from the hospital, and you know, it's just kind of their day to day routine and their struggle um, of her, you know, slowly changing into a zombie. So, um, you can kind of figure out what's going on, you know, based based on that. But to me, you know, as far as the story goes, it's okay. It's kind of like. Uh, like you would think it would be like a um like a side plot or like a side episode or a filler episode for like a walking dead you know and you would you would see you know if it was a filler episode you'd think it was you know pretty good you know i didn't have a problem with any of the zombie designs they were fine um but what was kind of interesting was the dynamic you know just the the story like the the story doesn't really i mean you know where it's gonna start you know where it's gonna end you know it doesn't really pull any punches, but the journey is pretty good. You know, um, the filmmaking on the farm I thought was good. The uh, overall tone I thought was great. And, you know, there's just some certain sequences here and there that shine. And it was not really necessarily Arnold's acting. I mean, he's okay. It's uh, uh, Abigail's acting, which is really, really good. You know, she it's uh it's pretty believable you know and i can imagine it's pretty hard to get into a role like that you know just having to try to to make it not corny like not be corny you know whereas most most you know zombie movies add humor in this one's really kind of just a drab um telling and you know it's it's just interesting and you know like i was saying you know the cinematography the cinematography is pretty good the acting's good and you know, it just has like it's a little emotional beats here and there that kind of push it towards, you know, like a middle of the road. You know, it's not bad. It's not really good. It's just kind of there, kind of good, something you kind of just put on. Not really any action to speak of. It's just kind of just to see the family dynamic. And um, the character who plays the mother, I'm not sure her name is. She's the only real questionable one. Um, but you know, I thought it was enjoyable. You know, I would say definitely check it out. I gave it a three out of five. Um, you know, if you're just looking for something to kind of fill the void, I guess, now that Walking Dead uh, season's over, it might be something just to, to put on and, you know, check out. But, you know, it was pretty good. And then, um, okay, so our second movie uh, review real quick is uh, The Monuments Men, directed by George Clooney. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this is 
one of the f- one of the first. No, I guess he's directed a couple. Um, the Ides of March, Good Luck, Good Night, and Good Luck. Um, we're in some others, but this movie was. Um, yeah, I mean, it has a star-studded cast. First of all, but like Bill Murray, Matt Damon, Camp Blanchett, George Clooney. Um, I mean, Hugh Bonneville. I mean, it had it has uh, John Goodman. I mean, it has like like a star-studded cast, and the the information given, you know, is is great, but it's not the way that it's presented isn't that great. You know, the directing, the story's fine. You know. Um, you can kind of guess where it's going to go. You know, if you know anything about the, the the story of the Monuments Men, you know kind of the outcome. You know the beginning and you know the outcome. So, like, kind of like different what we were talking about with Maggie. This one, the journey is just not all that interesting, you know. There's there's some, <clears throat> excuse me, um, if you don't know the story, it's, it's you know, based on the true story um, about um, in World War II, um, towards the end of the world, world the war, um, like Nazi thieves and whatnot were going around stealing art, burning art, um, and there was a uh, a couple like artists and curators and directors and whatnot got together, um, joined them, you know, went into the military, went through boot camp and tried to go and find these like art pe- like these old Renoirs and Degas and Michel- Michelangelos and kind of put it and get them back, get the art back because their whole idea was. If we lose artwork, we lose our identities, you know, because, you know, once we're all gone, you know, we don't have anything else to stand of our society. So they were tasked to go find these artifacts and artwork and, you know, and, and not only give them back, but bring, you know, br- bring, put them back in their homes. So, you know, it's just the journey of them getting together and going out and finding these artworks and, you know, kind of the ups and downs, um, going through there and and you know the most dangerous thing about it was that you know this was in you know behind enemy lines so you know they were having to stay secret you know find out memos talk to people you know who could you know get them hurt or put them in bad situations the military didn't want to help them out didn't want to give them anything you know because they were trying to help you know face the enemy and end the wars you know they didn't really um understand or see the uh the the idea to keep the artwork together so so they um so like i was saying that's the gist of the story and you know the the setups and the artwork and everything it's just it's kind of like a um it's kind of just told in just a rather like drab way it's just information being given there's no real, um, you know, you could, you would think that they could kind of um, add some drama to it, maybe, or, or add a little bit of, uh, I guess, action here and there, but um, you know, it's just kind of like a, like a straight up history lesson. It doesn't really um, m- do much for you. I mean, other than you know, showing you kind of like the war zones and what they ran, of course. You feel for the people who did this and the people who lost their lives, but in the you know, it's it's kind of billed as an action drama, and I don't know that the action really sits. I don't know really know if the drama sits because nobody in the entire movie is really given much to work with, you know, other than you know just a couple conversations here and there, sitting around a campfire and some other like 
social social situations. You don't really get anything from Murray or Damon or Clooney or anybody or Goodman, any of them. You know, it's just kind of information dump. You know, you would say, and you know, it being you know over two hours. You know, once you in the first hour and a half or so, you kind of understand you know where it's going, and it hadn't really done much for me. I wouldn't say it was boring, but you know, it didn't really do much for me. And then, you know, the last 10, 15, 20 minutes, I thought, were a lot better and definitely um, brought the rating up for me. Um, but, like I was saying, the journey just wasn't all that great. And, you know, I would give uh, I gave the movie a 3 and a 5 out of 5. And I would definitely recommend, um, I'd definitely recommend it. But one other one, uh, one other film uh, by Frankenheimer bought called uh, The Train is very similar and I would like wholeheartedly recommend you checking that movie out. Um, if you wanted to watch something that dealt with the same issues, you know, of art being stolen and trying to retrieve it. I mean, that movie to me is a masterpiece. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, I, I, wa- I remember when I watched it the first time and I was just so blown away that I watched it again. And this movie like right after, and that, that just almost never happens, you know, let alone, I mean, unless you put on a movie like, you know, you t- just to like put on, you know, the infographics or like listen to the director's commentary or whatnot, you know, I can see putting it back on and, you know, having it run in the background while you, you know, do other things, but right after you watch it. But this, I don't know, this is something about, I mean, the cinematography in the train. I mean, it's just a fantastic movie and I'd love to do like a, um, an old review of that, you know, coming up and, you know, when there's like a big war movie coming out, maybe we'll do like a uh, like a war episode. Can do like my like top five because I mean there's just so many good ones that a lot of people uh, I feel that a lot of people haven't seen. So the train is definitely one of them. I mean it's worlds better um, than this, but you know if you just want something that's easy to 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 get through and you know slightly entertaining with not a lot of stakes, I'd say check out Monuments Men is okay. Um, so then the last movie um, is called, is The Invitation. And going into this, all I knew really is there's a dinner party. And from what I gathered, from what I hear, you know, the hype around this movie was that it had like a horror vibe to it that was like nail biting. And, you know, it had these sequences that were, um, out of ordinary as far as like, you know, quote unquote, like what you would think maybe like a home invasion or something like that. And I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I actually haven't rated it yet. So maybe talking through it here towards the end, I can kind of give my final review, but it, uh, so yeah, it's about a dinner party. Um, uh, so a group of, um, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, they were all, um, I guess, friends at one point, and um, something there were the, well, something happens to where the friendship ends, and there's been years uh, in between, and let's just say that. And um, you know, they're all invited for a dinner party, and you know, a lot of people have said that you know, not knowing anything about the movie like adds to the experience going in, and I guess that would be true, but. The experience was really in the roundtable conversations, and everything in between was 
like these little red herrings set up here and there from certain from different people um, that are involved in the story and are really like red lights you know from the beginning and from the get-go you can really kind of nail down what's going to happen I wouldn't say that the movie like does anything new or different or has any like crazy twists or anything that you don't see coming um, you know I would just say that everything falls in line um, where you think it's going to be you know where you think um, it's going to end up is where it ends up but it's kind of like the conversations it's kind of hard to talk about without kind of spoiling everything so let's just do this let's um, I'll just say um, yeah it was it was there was some tint there were some moments that had a lot of tension in it. There were some moments that, you know, kind of felt off, but give you kind of that feeling like um, you're following a character that's kind of questioning things, and you would rightfully so have the same questions, and it's interesting seeing the questions brought up. Um, so that was really cool and interesting. But, you know, where it ends is where you think it's going to end. So it... it it's weird that the questions brought up aren't really taken too seriously, but we'll, we'll get, you know what, I'll, I'll do a spoiler. Let's just say, I'll just end it here. I'll just say, um, if you don't want to know any spoilers, I'll, I'll save it till, till the very end. Um, but, uh, uh, let's just save it till after the, after the show. So after we do the pre-watch picks, I'll come back and we'll talk spoilers on invitation. So I'll just go ahead and, um, I'll give it a solid four out of five. So let's just say it's a solid four out of five, and I'll kind of give my view on 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 it towards the end of the movie. So uh, the last thing uh, that we have here uh, before we go into that spoiler discussion is some. Uh, I, I figured you know since uh, you know the invitation came out and uh, you know we watched, I'd give kind of like a uh, like a maybe like a home invasion top three. And so um, one of my favorites is, I'd say number one, I mean, everyone's seen it, definitely Halloween. You know, and I, do, I know it doesn't necessarily all uh, stay inside, you know, the house, but for the most part, I'd say, you know, the crux of the movie is inside a house here and there. So, you know, and there's somebody trying to get in. So, and that's really where the the horror part you know starts so well let's just say you know that's probably my number one is halloween not to mention one of my favorite movies of all time you know just just music directing acting um just kind of at the time just being so terrifying for me and it's kind of crazy to think that john carpenter gave me like the most terrifying movies i'd ever seen but he also gave me, like, my favorite movies of all time, you know? Like, as far as, like, comedy goes, too, with, like, Big Trouble in Little China, you know? I just, it's kind of hit me right now. I was thinking, you know, because Big Trouble in Little China has action, comedy, uh, you know, like, it has everything. Fantasy, sorcery, uh, scares, um, drama. It has everything you could possibly want. One-liners, good acting, you know? And, you know, Halloween's, like, the complete opposite. It's It's chilling and of its time and it's what you think of when like the when Halloween comes around like every October it's like what you it's what, at least me it's what I think about every time is that movie so and I know it's it's it has the name Halloween but even if it didn't you know it just has that feeling of 
it captures a moment in time for me. And um, so that'd be my number one. And number two would be a movie called Them. And it, it's another, um, I don't want to spoil too much about it, but it's another home invasion film um, that's, that's sort of like The Invitation in a way. Um, and it, you know, just deals with, uh, let's just say someone or something or some people trying to, uh, mess with the family. It's inside of a house and it's a short watch, interesting watch, and it's really chilling and thrilling to the very end. So I definitely recommend watching them. Um, not the old thirties or what was a forties or fifties ant movie. It's the, it's just them, you know, from, I think it's from like 2000. 2006 2007 somewhere around there but definitely check that out my um number three would would definitely be actually number two and number three interchangeable but if i had to do a number three it would definitely be funny games um it it uh that one's the home invasion aspect of it is really really creepy and the way that michael hennecke does his breaking the fourth wall like the intruders actually talking to you like the actual people watching the movie it just adds another huge like uh you know a lot of people could say that's like pretentious or whatever but i think it's something new and something different that i really hadn't seen before i mean you'd seen like narration and you know and like old black and white films you know the characters almost seem like they're they're trying to give some information to you, you know, they'll talk and then they'll have to do the cue card. So it kind of just reminds me of something like that. It, you know, where they break the fourth wall and ask you like, well, do you enjoy watching this? And why are you watching this? So they're questioning you as they're dealing out, you know, doing what they're doing. And it's kind of that, that again is another hard movie to talk about without spoiling, but I definitely recommend checking that out um, if you haven't seen it. So that'd be my top three picks for home invasion films. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get back. Um, I just want to mention one other thing, though. Uh, we've only had, like, a couple here at Feasible Film, we've only had a couple questions, uh, you know, come in. And I just like, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm trying my best to get the word out on the show. If you enjoy it, um, you know, send it to other people or share it or um, just do what you can. I mean, if you enjoy it to, to, to kind of get the word out there. And if you have any like questions or uh, comments or whatnot, send them in. Cause I'd like to, I'd like to eventually do some kind of like a, a question and answer segment. You know, we could send in like uh, letters or whatever or emails, but you can email me at a, a feasible film at gmail.com or uh, get at me at Twitter. It's at Lee Van Martin, L-E-E-V-A-N-M-A-R-T-I-N. And you can shoot me a message there or email me. Either way, um, I'll get it. And, you know, just to add something different, I guess, to the shows, um, you know, moving forward. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. And let's just, I'll just say uh, we're going to get into spoilers on the invitation. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, I wouldn't listen anymore. I'm just going to, you know, just start spoiling it right away. So, um, like I said, if you don't want to know what happens, just uh, end here or, um, you know, come back after you've watched it. Okay, so the invitation, uh, so let's just talk, let's just start right at the very end. So 
you do find out that the this entire dinner party was was in fact a cult and the problem i had though well the really really only problem that i had with the movie in general was you know from the beginning you i mean they're already talking cult from the very beginning and what seems to be a red herring isn't really you know i i already don't believe i mean i've just seen i guess i've just seen too many of movies like this and you can just tell like straight away i mean just with the first sequence of Eden in the um, in the kitchen sequence, you can just kind of tell right away that something. You can just tell she's crazy, and all the flashbacks and whatnot. You, she just seems like a normal person, and you know, I had imagined going through something like losing a child could do that to you, but you know, and you could try to go out and find answers, and you know, you'll accept any type of like care or hospitality that you can especially if like your husband leaves you and you know tries to deal with it on their own so if you're trying to deal with something like that excuse me on your own i mean i can see that but they set up i just wish that the they wouldn't have set up the ad idea so early and but you know it could be by design um them giving that idea in your head because the main character, um, uh, he's, uh, well, well, him, the husband and wife lost a child, and, you know, it's basically she she left and found another guy who was, like, broken just like her, and they went, and they found this cult, I guess, in Mexico. Well, you don't think they sought it out, but they found this retreat, I guess, in Mexico, and it's called, like, The Invitation, and I'm not sure why it all happens on the same day, and or the mythology behind the idea of this thing. It's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the the purge, I guess, in a way, where you have the one night where everybody's allowed to kill. That's kind of what that's kind of like the vibe I got at the very end of the movie. Especially, you know, when you find out it's a cult, everybody's killing themselves and then they have a candle that's lit in the back and you find out that it's happening all around the city could be happening all around the world on this special day, quote-unquote special day. I'm not sure. But it seems to me, it just seems kind of um, weird that they would be inputting these these red herrings in your mind, you know, right from the get-go. And, you know, you have some of their friends that show up that are completely bonkers. And they're doing things and saying things, and all of them are agreeing that, you know, I mean, this doesn't seem like any type of dinner party I've ever seen or been in or whatever. It, it just seems odd and strange. And, you know, they they all, it's just like the main character says there um, when they're having dinner towards the very end um, at the birthday sequence. Like, why can't anybody see that this is just a freaking cult and, you know, not, not so <laughs> glory, glamorous words there, but why can't anyone see that this is a cult and kind of gives his stance on why, you know, he thinks that it's a cult and why everybody should leave. And it just seems that whenever somebody wants to leave, it's just, you know, they don't want them to leave because they want everybody, they uh, they want everybody and everybody to uh, pass on at the same time so they can be together, you know. And they don't want to leave any of them behind. And not, you know, telling them forthright, just kind of poisoning the, the wine, you know. It's just something that, you know, they were, you know, I guess it's a way to, to get rid of everybody, but 
it's also a way for them to, uh, I guess, the, the idea behind the entire movie is just, you know, when you move on, you get to meet everybody. So, or everybody's back and the pain's gone and all that. So that, I thought, was... They wore it on their sleeve the whole movie, which I thought was strange. And the, you know, the typical, like like I was saying, like the red herrings and stuff that you set up in a typical horror movie don't really apply to this. It just has, uh, you know, like these weird sequences of them, like locking the house and putting up bars and having no cell phone signal and, you know, just weird stuff like that. It's 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 just quite obvious what's going to happen. So... The, my, my favorite parts were just the conversations between, you know, when they do the different games, um, when they talk about, excuse me, when they talk about, like, different, like, uh, like their worldviews and what they're trying to change and, um, you know, all the hurt that they've been through. Um, that, that stuff was, was really interesting and kind of built tension. But the tension kind of peaked at one point. And then, you know, when you find out it is a cult and, you know, it turns into your typical hack and slash, you know, run around, you know, people dying and getting shot and things like that, it just really didn't do much for me. It just, it kind of turned into just like, you know, your typical, uh, like, run-of-the-mill home invasion movie, I guess. And it's very manipulative, you know, just like the movie... Just like the people, the hosts are trying to manipulate everyone to like join in this group and kind of sing it their way. The movie is also manipulating the viewer and trying to make it seem like it's not one person's at fault or trying to skew your ideas towards one one way or the other. You know, if you're you know with the people here and what they're doing, if they're just trying to throw a party, if you're with the main guy who's skeptical about everything and how weird everybody's talking and how it sounds, so. It ends up just being, to me, just uh, it ends where you think it is. And it's definitely, it definitely gets to you. I mean, it definitely got to me. And I'd say it, um, it, uh, it, like I was saying, it brought up the tension where it needed to. But uh, just at the very end, we know when everybody starts dying and, and especially the little stinger at the end where it seems like this night, happens like all around the world or all around the city there was no real setup for that and i know it's supposed to be kind of like a mind-altering ending and i can understand the um what people were saying about you know that it's truly terrifying and it's super original and things like that it just i i'd say to me it's it's you know it's kind of just around the four out of five range for me, like I was saying earlier in the review. But, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't really know what else to say about it other than it's just, it was okay. You know, it was, I guess it was better than good. It's better than, you know, any any of the normal horror movies, I guess, that come out. But I, I guess you can really say it's a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. But, uh, yeah, just with the dream sequences in there, and, you know, the red herrings and things like that. It just didn't really add up to much. So um, that's, I think that's about it. If you have any other questions or comments, just uh, email me. Um, you can, like I said earlier, you can give at me a feasible film uh, or, or search for us, feasible film on iTunes, download. We got a, we're got we on uh, Pocket Cast now. 
on Stitcher. I just uh, created a brand new uh, logo design to put up for the, uh, the iTunes logo art. So hopefully that'll be repopulating here. Um, it repopulated on my feed, so hopefully it repopulates on yours. It did on. It hasn't on the website yet, but hopefully you know in the next week or so it'll change. I've been trying to refresh it, but for whatever reason it won't update on the website. But um, you know, as long as it works with the players, it's fine. Um, yeah, just let let me know if you have any questions, or comments, any reviews you want coming up. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Lee Van Mart at Lee Van Martin. Um, email me at feasiblefilm at gmail.com. And until next time, stay feasible. Cryo sleep.